It's episode 88 of the Odd Data Podcast, and man, I have got a full news load this week. From frozen animals to just stupid hippies, uh, a mom making her kids pay for their upbringing, and a lot of stuff shoved in places it shouldn't be. And I will touch on, I think, what everybody can agree, the jackass of the week. Uh, Mr. Dumbfuck. Logan Paul. And with all of that weird, twisted variety of things, I figured why not add one more twist to it with this week's recommended listening feature, Twisted Philly. Evening on that podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2... Welcome to the Odetto Podcast, where normal is not my specialty, especially with the crop of stuff I've got this week. I am your host, as always, Adam Higgins, the Odd Out, and this is the show where I share my my odd little view of things and share some some dad stories and maybe some ranting and bitching and moaning and I make fun of some weird news stuff because it's just fun and I wrap it all up with a podcast recommendation I think you need to check out because I I just like sharing the things that I like what can I say I'm a giver that way Ah, so, uh, how do they put the, they, how do they say it on the feed? Happy generic time of day to you. As, as you could be listening to this at night, you could be listening to this during the day, you could be like my friends in Australia who right now are probably asleep. And, and all, and all that for, for me, it's almost noon. Uh, you know, pull back the curtain there. Um, but, I first off want to say thank you for listening because if you, well, because it's, 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 it's cool of you to listen to my crap. That's, that's a lot. (laughs) I am, I am highly appreciative of every person out there who listens to me beyond that little uh, snippet before the music. (laughs) So thank you. Uh, uh, man, it's, it's. I'm, I'm going to just say it. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. And I, I, I've probably said it before <laughs> a lot of times. Uh, I, I've got blonde roots. And uh, sorry to all you blondes out there. Except for my sister, who's kind of a dingbat. And now she's got blonde hair. And so everybody's picking on her. Because now she looks like she's kind of a dingbat. Love you, sister. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So... I guess wrapping up, starting off the week, the kids are finally back in school. Yay! Where's my, my applause? I have sound effects buttons, but I really don't feel like pulling shit up. I seriously have an entire soundboard thingy on my phone and lots of stuff that I could pull up. I just lack the motivation to go and look for shit and try and plug. No, it's too much work to have sound drops, especially when you do this by yourself. No, sorry, lazy. Anyway, <laughs> but... Hey, the kids are back in school, and that means that it's just me and the little boys, and I kind of can can 
I can I can wrangle easier when I'm not dealing with the two older boys that are lippy. <laughs> Isn't it? That's just the problem. It's not that I've got four boys to wrangle during the day. It's that the older ones are are fucking sassy, and I want to you know backhand them a lot of times. But you know who doesn't want to backhand their kids now and then? <sighs> but. But in, in all of this, boys getting back to school and all of that stuff going on, it's also a really busy time of, of the year for my wife. And I think I've mentioned before, she kind of works in student loans. And, you know, beginning of the year, there's a ton of, it's like, when students are going back to college in, in the winter, spring, or I don't know why they call it spring, because it's not the spring. It, you're going back to school in the winter. But anyway, when they go back to school in January and they've got to make sure all of their financial aid and all their, their everything's in line. And so it's kind of what they, what they refer to as their mini peak because their real, like their super busy season is, you know, middle of, to end of the summer when everyone's getting everything together for the start of the school year. This is everybody's kind of, you know, re-upping and making sure everything's in line for the second semester, which means in their case, Mandatory overtime! Yay! There's a not so excited clapping. Uh, yeah, which means that she's having to go in extra early and someday stay extra late, which means she's leaving for work at six in the morning. Ugh. Which also means that because she normally takes the boys to school, I now have to get up and take the boys to school. Bleh. I mean, it's not every day. It's just uh, like a few days out of the week. But man, does it suck. And it's not that it's like, oh, man, it's like that I'm, I'm all depressed because I have to take the boys to school. It's much more a fact that I'm tired. <laughs> is that I'm, I'm coming, you know, it's like me getting up. And, you know, having to get up when she's leaving and getting the boys breakfast and getting the little boys dressed and hauling everybody to school and all that crap. All of that is done after I've been home for all of the th maybe three hours. And so, you know, my my Superman ability to function on little to no sleep and still be dad during the day and, and work at night, that, that, that shit gets stretched a little thin. And then I do this. Because I'm stupid. Did I mention I'm stupid? <laughs> I think all podcasters kind of sacrifice sleep and all this, but I do it during the day. That's the real bitch. I think that's the thing is that I'm sacrificing sleep during the daytime and because my body and my clock are all messed up. I mean, I'm giving up all this daytime stuff to do this for you to share my nagging. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know sometimes why I, I just come on here and I'm like, yeah, I'm not sleeping. But it, I think that that's part of the checklist when you become a podcaster. Are you willing to give up sleep for the foreseeable future? But I was already there, so whatever. But yeah, I think the theme of the, of, of this, this whole segment is I'm stupid because on top of all of that, you know, and all this, like getting up early and taking the boys to school and doing all this stuff. Now that I'm for the most part all healed up, 
from all the ribs and all of the colds and all of the sinus infections and lung crap. And I'm finally, for the most part, through that. I was like, I haven't taken, I haven't done any yard work in months. Obviously, I was like, I was kind of incapacitated since November. Well, I decided on Monday, I was like, okay, well, this is the last day because the boys went back to school Tuesday because teacher were in services or whatever. But I decided, well, it's the last day before the boys go back to school. I really need to clean up the backyard because dogs or dog and I need to mow the front yard because I haven't mowed the front yard since November. And yeah, it's winter. Okay, it's winter in Arizona, and I realize winter in Arizona doesn't mean shit compared to the people in the East Coast. And, uh, and like, looking at the news, and there, you know, people are in, like, minus two. And I was listening to She Podcast, and they were talking, I was like, it's minus two degrees. And I was like, oh, well, it warmed up to 20 degrees the other day. I was like, eh, no, I'm bitching about 50. Sorry. <laughs> but, I'm yeah, I, I decided on Monday, I was like, I'm going to get up. You know, clean up all of the dog mess in the backyard, get all that done, mow the front yard. Now, I'll admit I was lazy. I didn't edge it. I didn't go out and go like all, all out and make it all pretty. I just wanted to, you know, trim down the, the marsh that was growing in my front yard before the HOA got involved because, you know, we all know how I feel about the HOA getting involved. But, yeah, I, I, I did all that stuff and the backyard looks great and the front yard looked better. Um, also sidebar, when you don't mow your yard for like two months and the grass is still getting watered and getting really thick and dense and, and healthy and shit, even though it's winter and it shouldn't be growing like that and you go and mow it and there's a lot of moisture in your grass, it starts bogging down your mower. <laughs> That was, that was, oh my God. And I had, you know, I've got a mulching mower, you know, where it chops everything up all nice and puts it back into the grass for, no, no, no. Well, it also has a stupid little side discharge thingy. So he was like, uh-uh, this crap's too thick. I'm not going to sit there and bog down the thing. So I'm going to go ahead and use the little discharge thingy to, to get, you know, get it out of my way. It was clogging the side discharge thingy. <laughs> Technical term. Uh, <clears throat> and so like every... 10, 15 feet, I'd have to stop and shake up my mower and dislodge a wad of grass and crap and weeds because I'm lazy and weeds that are <laughs> lodged in the outlet of my mower. So what should have taken me like 10, 15 minutes to do ended up taking me almost 40 minutes because uh, I'm dumb. Did I mention I'm dumb? I'm pretty sure I mentioned I'm dumb. And <laughs> of course, with all of this, I get I get up on Tuesday to take the boys to school, and I'm in agony, and I'm like, and and I've, I've back problems, and sometimes I just sleep wrong, and so me and back pain is not a new thing, and. All day, I'm just like, man, my back is killing me. What the hell? Like, how did I, what did I do? It took me until, 
like just before I left to pick up the boys from school in the afternoon, before I'm like, uh, duh, stupid, you spent all day yesterday cleaning out the, like, doing yard work for the first time in three months. Of course you're sore, idiot. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, the whole day my wife and I are like, you know, are you taking your pain pills? It's like, maybe you need to go to the chiropractor again and all this shit. And I'm like, and then it just kind of blindly occurs, like, I think I let the dog out back and I'm like, oh. Yeah, the yard's clean. Oh, yeah, I was sitting there shoveling crap into the dumpster and mowing the yard and all this crap yesterday. Uh, yeah, stupid. Of course you're sore. <laughs> because, again, blonde roots, I forget things like that. I'm like Dory, but I've got a, a, a hiccup about I have great long-term memory, shit short-term memory. So I forgot that I mowed the yard yesterday. But I could probably tell you in a week... The, what I was listening to while I was mowing the yard. <laughs> it's like, I, I, my brain is weird. But with all of that done, I, I'm just glad it's like winter time-ish. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really get that cold here until February. We get like maybe a couple of weeks of real winter. If you could call it what Arizona gets real winter. But you know, again, I feel bad for the East Coast right now because they're getting their balls frozen off. Like hardcore i i i just was the the bomb cyclone storm blizzard shit they're getting and like nah <clears throat> no thank you I was like you guys can all live in the snow and shit and I was like nah i'm i i'm i'm grateful for living in the desert i mean and i'll say right now we should be colder here really we're having you know midday highs in the mid 70s you know, it'd be like 74, 75, and like it might be in the 50s overnight, but <laughs> I was like, those guys over there, they kind of like, oh, it's, I got a high today of two. Yeah. <laughs> and every, every year, like, I you know the Arizona tourism board will put up these like asshole signs, you know. It'd be like winter in Arizona and it'd be like some chick in a bikini. Like, yeah, kind of. You can still swim in this. You know, there are people, especially like people from the East Coast who their idea of cold and warm are highly skewed compared to us would probably come out here in shorts. Whereas those of us here are starting to bundle up because we're used to 120 degrees, not 50. So there's that. But it's been such a mild winter for us so far i'm like half afraid of how bad this summer is gonna get because i know whenever we have like a really mild winter where it doesn't get really cold like a few years ago then we'll sit and we'll go into a you know surface of the sun you know go outside and you catch fire sort of summer where we'll have like two straight weeks of 115 degrees which i can deal with the only problem with that is man that's a bitch on your electric bill but I'm just like, oh man, if it doesn't cool down real quick, you know, in February, then it's going to be a bitch of a summer. But we'll, we'll get there when we get there, right? Again, I live in the desert for a reason. I enjoy living on the surface of the sun because when you do that, you don't deal with blizzards. I'm just going to say, and yes, it's snowed in Phoenix before. And yes, it, it's been snowing in, in South Texas on and off since November, but I'm not getting snow right now. 
And the best I've got was a, a rainstorm last night. It was still not that cold, minus, you know, raining. So, you know, I had to take give and take, you know. <laughs> Again, my apologies and my sympathies to everybody on the East Coast who's freezing to death right now. Uh, but, you know, as much as I hate snowbirds, that's why they exist. <laughs> to get away from that shit. <laughs> but... Enough of my, my self-deprecating and sort of you know, East Coast deprecating shit this week. I've got a, I've got a very packed uh, news segment this week. So I'm going to take a quick Potter and Family promo break. <clears throat> and I will be right back with a whole lot of news. Want to know the story behind Potter and Family? Potter and Family started with a hashtag for indie podcasters. The podcasters who do this for fun and because we're passionate. We're not the big podcast you hear about, most likely. We don't have 10 to 15 people helping us with production. But that doesn't mean the quality and content you're getting isn't as good as any of those shows. Is there an area of interest you like talking to people about? Listen to an indie podcast on that topic. The hosts are incredibly reachable. We're basically clamoring to hear from listeners. We're just as much your fans as you are ours. No matter what you're interested in, Potter and Family's got a show for you. Like movies and TV? Check out the Epic Film Guys, the Something Something cast, the Boxers, or the Countdown Movie and TV Review. Do you like comedy? Check out Everyone Has a Podcast, The One Word Go Show, Afterburn 739, Now That I'm Older, Rick and Paul Heal the World, or off in the weeds. How about random trivia and fun facts? Check out The Endless Knot, or The Story Behind. Like comic books and geek culture? Check out Geek Yogurt Podcast, or Little Geek Lost. I could go on, and believe me when I say there are a whole lot more where that came from. But you can find all these and more by searching the hashtag Family on Twitter. Here's a few reasons why you should be listening to the Unwritable Rant podcast with host Juliet Miranda. She can tell a great story. If you can't play dead, play drunk. And it works, I swear. <laughs> she interviews celebrities that have great stories. If, if we have a cousin that's kind of strange, we don't we don't put them away or tuck them away. We set them on an old dryer out in the front yard with alcohol and let them wave at people. <laughs> right, right. And then you tell your friends about it. And she's tolerant and loves kids. So these kids go running up after the ball, and I stand up and I yell, Kids die in the street all the time. So head on over to theunwritablerant.com and listen to the show. So you wonder why it is I've been talking about the weather so much? Besides the fact that you can always talk about the weather. It seems to be popping up in the news a lot. <laughs> Even in my realm of the news. For example, it is too cold out for penguins in Calgary. The Calgary Zoo, and that's Canada for those of you not paying attention. Uh, the Calgary Zoo has had to bring their flock of king penguins indoors 
because the extreme weather conditions right now may be too cold for the birds. Yes, it is too cold in Canada for penguins. And and they, they point out that it's it's kind of a precaution that they're like, yeah, you know, these birds, you know, it's, it's, it's like when it gets to like minus 20 or minus 40. And I think they're talking in Celsius because it seems really fucking cold. It's like, I don't think it gets to be minus 40 in Calgary, but I could be wrong. I don't know the weather patterns in Canada, but either way, fucking cold, but they're pointing out that, you know, king penguins aren't like, you know, the emperor penguins who are the big, bad, you know, the five foot bastards that, that you always see and talk about that are like, you know, that, that, that just, you know, they sit on their, their eggs on their feet and all that shit. And, you know, that's what you think of really when you think of penguins. For the most part, you're thinking March of the Penguins. You're thinking emperor penguins that live in, you know, blizzard all the time. That's what you think of when you think of penguins. Never minding that there's dozens of species of penguins and, you know, different climates that there are. Pe- there are penguins that, that can get as high up in, in into, like, Australia and that, and, like, subtropical areas. And king penguins, although not, you know, subtropical, they are not those middle of the blizzard forever penguins. They, eh, they don't like it to be too, 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 too cold. And so, yeah, they got to bring them in. But it's funny because either way, Canada is less, like Calgary and Canada are less of an extreme environment than where they're from. So they should be able to handle it. And they're just like, yeah, we're just kind of being cautious. We're just being, you know, particular. We do this with all of them. But they're penguins. They're fucking penguins. Let them, you know, let them come and go as they please. If it's so cold or whatever. If the penguins think it's too cold, leave the door open and they can go inside on their own, their damn self. But <clears throat> speaking of, you know, if it's if it's too cold for the penguins, what does that say for the iguanas? As frozen iguanas are dropping out of trees in Florida. Because again, the entire U.S., like North American Atlantic coastal area just got whooped with a cold front and just getting frozen. Uh, so basically a lot of reptiles, especially like, you know, them tree dwelling iguanas and, and alligators, apparently even, uh, a lot of these reptiles are freezing literally because, you know, cold blooded. So they need the sunlight and the warmth to get up and get moving around and when it's you know like 20 degrees out that's not too happy for lizards and reptiles and things and so apparently like wild iguanas hanging out in trees frozen are just dropping out of trees just like falling down and people are like oh my god there's all these dead iguanas in my yard which i'm wondering how the fuck many trees and shit do you have in your yard you've got multiple iguanas but People are like reporting there's like all these iguanas dropping out of trees into swimming pools and into this and this and like alligators, you know, not dying, <laughs> freezing, you know, in the water, shit like that. And they basically say, don't touch them. <laughs> They're not dead. Don't poke the fro, the, don't poke the iguana sickle. 
it's going to come back and bite your ass. There was one, I, I saw one news report. They basically said, if you have to mess with them, carefully move them over into the sunlight so they'll kind of warm up a bit and thaw out and then they'll go on their merry way. But be careful because if they wake up while you're moving them, they're going to bite you because they're going to freak the fuck out because they were just frozen and now you're messing with them and it's still a wild animal and lizards bite. So yeah, if you're out in Florida and you have a frozen iguana in your yard, don't fuck with it. It's going to bite your ass. And on top of that, like those, this, the scales and shit on the, like the frill on the back of an iguana can cut you. So yeah, don't mess. It's still funny that there's fucking like iguana sickles dropping out of trees <laughs> in Florida. That it's that cold in Florida. That's the part that's tripping me out. I was like, holy shit. I'm so glad I live in the desert. Yeah. Suck it, Florida. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Moving on from frozen critters, uh, I, and moving away from one group of crazy people to another, we go to the West Coast, to California, and no, I'm not talking about fires, because that's just fucked up. Uh, apparently, I don't know, have you heard of this raw water, because they have to have a, a catchy name for stupid shit like this, so the newest food fad coming out of California, because of course California, is what they are calling raw water. As in unfiltered, untreated spring water. And they're charging like $15 a gallon. And they're like, oh yeah, here's a two and a half gallon jug of of raw water that cost you like 37 bucks. And I was like, never mind, water should not cost that damn much. Okay, yes, I understand municipal water has, you know, they'll put fluoride and they'll put, uh, you know, chlorine and they do a lot of things to treat water. I understand that. And there's people who are like, I don't drink tap water because it's full of, you know, it's full of toxins and chemicals and blah, 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 and, and you know, crap from the pipes and blah, blah, fine. You won't want to drink tap water, fine. But this is untreated, unfiltered spring water. And yes, I understand spring water and the minerals and all that and natural spring water is supposed to be clean. Supposed to be. You forget a lot of details about where water comes from and where water passes through. And natural spring water, untreated, can still be full of bacteria because they're still, you know, if you get like from the, the source of the spring and like super deep down, yeah, drill that shit, fine. But if you're getting, you know, anywhere up, you get basically got to rip that shit straight out of the water table to get it clean. Anywhere else, there's a possibility of contamination and a lot of really dangerous, deadly bacteria that live in that water. Why? Because it's full of minerals. Those minerals and things that are good for you are also good for the bacteria, dumbass. And even the guys who are selling it point out that it's only good for about a month, meaning your water will expire. And by expire, I mean it will turn green and slimy. Because there's spores and bacteria living in it. And people are drinking this shit 
it was like, oh, it's so much better for you. And it's so, and it, it's better than that, that dead bottled water that's been, uh, sterilized and cleaned and, uh, and yeah, it's clean. Cause they fucking took all the shit that's going to kill you out of it. They took the deer piss out of your, out of your fucking spring water. That's what they did. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, the tuxedo. Where like opens on this natural spring and this bottle and it's like it's talking about like a, it's showing a bottled water facility and they've got this natural spring that they're getting the water from and they just show a deer walk over and piss straight into the spring and then it all goes right into the facility. I was like, yeah, that's why they pa- that's why they fucking treat the water, dumbass. And. Like, and I'm not gonna lie, I have had natural spring water straight from the source before. There's a place up in the mountains where my family goes, uh, for like big family get togethers, and on the side of the road, we all know it, it's been there for gener, well, as far as I know, it's always been there, but it's like for generations, we all have known there's a spring and this point on the side of the road, and it like, there's like wild strawberries and all this shit, and we will stop. We usually have like a bottle of like orange juice bottle or something that we've rinsed out and we'll fill up that bottle and drink. But that's like, we're getting that immediately and drinking it. And yeah, it's probably just the same shit, but you know, we're not spending, you know, $15 a bottle or a gallon or whatever on, on dangerous ass water because we think it's better for us. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just kind of thing, but and I realize I'm kind of, uh, you know, calling myself out on, on a slight bit of hypocrisy of bitching about these hippies drinking raw water, which I think is a stupid ass name. But, you know, if you want to be less stupid with your raw water, boil it. At, at least boil it. Don't be a complete dumbass. Come on. There's a chance that your unfiltered, untreated water could kill you. So maybe just boil it. It's not going to get rid of all the fucking uh, minerals and all the things that make it better for you than, you know, than municipal tap water. So just boil it so it doesn't kill you. Dumbass. All right. Moving on with the worst connection I could possibly come up with (laughs) for a story. Because you know who uses a lot of water? Dentists. I told you this was the worst connection ever. Uh, court orders dentist to pay mom $1 million for raising him. And this was a, a doozy. Man, if my parents tried to pull this shit. Uh, a Taiwanese dentist was sued by his mother for failing to honor a contract he signed where he agreed to pay her back for the cost of his upbringing and education. Okay, it was him and his brother. But, uh, yeah, his mother was kind of afraid that her sons, who she raised by herself, you know, she basically was like, oh shit, you know, what if they don't, you know, man up and take care of me in my old age? So while they're going, she's putting them through dentist college, uh, fancy, you know, technical term, dentist college, uh, she made them both sign a contract agreeing to give her part of her, their profits once they become dentists. Like, yeah, 
hey, once you, you know, get settled and you're making money, you have to give me a cut until you repay the $1.7 million that I spent to raise you and put you through dental school. And they signed. They both signed. And I guess uh, the brother, yeah, he's been keeping up his end of the bargain, but this guy was like, you know, fuck you, mom. I'm not paying that shit. So mom says, hey, you've got a, you fucking signed a contract. You're going to pay me up. And she takes him to court and the court says, yeah, fucking pay up a million dollars. It's like, hey, don't be stupid. You signed the contract, idiot. You're supposed to be all educated, went to college. You know, maybe your mom should get a refund for some of that education she paid for you. Because obviously you weren't smart enough to remember you signed a contract. (sighs) No, it's funny. You hear American parents use this sort of shit all the time. They use it as like you ask for allowance for doing chores and then they'll start putting like, okay, well, let's deduct the cost of the food you had for dinner and the, the, the bed that you sleep in, the roof over your head. And the next thing you're like, yeah, I've never actually heard of somebody making their kids pay for their upbringing. Education kind of like, oh, yeah, mom lent me money for college and I had to pay it back, whatever. But no, she made $1.7 million for their upbringing. Son of a bitch. I mean, I guess it doesn't amount to too much when you consider that is... No, that's still a fuck. I was going to say it's not that much when you think of it's two kids. But no, that's still a fuckload of money. Even with dental school, that's still a fuckload of money. You know, good on mom for making them keep up to it and making sure she had a safety blanket, but... Honestly, I almost feel like maybe she should have made sure she raised the boys better to where they weren't going to... She wasn't afraid they were going to stiff her when she got hold. Uh, All right. From one old lady to another. Okay, I actually don't know how old this woman is, but I'm just going to go with it. Uh, Now we're getting into the weird shit. Yep, yep. Woman's Crohn's disease turns out to be a ketchup packet. Ah. Okay, if you're not familiar with Crohn's disease, and if you're in if you're in America and you watch TV, there's commercials. For, I forget the name of the damn pill for Crohn's disease and all this shit, and it's it, it it jacks with your digestive system. I think I knew a guy who had it. It's like you know you get like in uh, intestinal inflammation and bloating and and gastrointestinal stuff, and there's stuff you can't eat and certain things you've got to do, and it, your whole system gets jacked. And it, to my understanding, it's quite miserable. Um, but a British woman spent six years being treated for what doctors all believe to be Crohn's disease. She had all the symptoms. They're treating her for it. There's like no improvement. They finally go in uh, to do surgery and in the process discover a Heinz ketchup packet lodged in her intestines that appears to have mimicked the symptoms of Crohn's disease, including all the bloating and abdominal pain. To which point I'm thinking, well, yeah, duh, she had a foreign object lodged in her intestines. Of course there's going to be pain and bloating and inflammation. There's a fucking ketchup packet in her intestines. For me, the question is, why and how? I don't know about you, but I don't know exactly a way to get a ketchup packet lodged in your intestines. And I understand, yeah, they're kind of laminated, uh, like aluminum or whatever the shit they're made of. And it, it's kind of metal and it's probably not digestible. Well, I'm sorry, your 
stomach acid can digest a battery. So yeah, it's that's not going to be it. So I'm like, if she swallowed this thing, it it should have dissolved in her stomach one way or another. It should have dissolved in her stomach and poisoned her, really. But fine. Um, and even if it passed through, it should have been, you know, severely. I mean, something should have, it shouldn't have been enough of a problem. But then I'm like, okay, well, then if it went up the other way, how the fuck does she not know it was there? That's all I'm, and even if she just swallowed it, how the fuck do you not remember swallowing a ketchup packet? Like, the packet, the whole thing. The fuck? That's the part that, that mystifies me of this, is, like, wait, it's it's ketchup. It's, it's a ketchup packet. How does she not know it was in her system? Because it's a fucking ketchup packet. You have to remember eating that. Or you're, like, one of those people that gets, like, blacked out, drunk, or high, or whatever, and do stupid shit, and you don't remember it, and... Somewhere you were in a ketchup eating contest? I don't know. What the hell? Are you the kid from Big Daddy who eats 30 packets of ketchup and oops, you forgot to squeeze one out and you just ate it? What happened that you had a ketchup packet lodged in your intestines for years? Years. Six years they were treating her for this and it's a ketchup packet. And they know it's the ketchup packet because all of her symptoms went away and she immediately was all better as soon as they took the ketchup packet out. I'm still like, what the fuck? Did she have a like previous surgery and the doctor was eating a hot dog and dropped it in there and oops and stitched it up? What's, you know, what the fuck? How do you get a ketchup packet lodged in your intestines? Just saying. And I've said it a bunch of times right now, but I still, it, it, it perplexes me to no end. Uh, okay, it is to this end, because now we're on to another thing lodged in a place that it shouldn't be. But this is a bit more common. Uh, inmate loses appeal claiming drugs found in his buttocks weren't his. Yep, that's right. Drugs in the butt. But the, the story is, is funnier because, like I said, he says it's not his. So, during a strip search, Pennsylvania inmate was found to have a balloon containing synthetic marijuana. There's, they call it K2. Uh, found synthetic marijuana in his rectum. After the court added another three to six years to his sentence for possession of an illegal substance, he appealed the sentence claiming the drugs weren't his. And, yeah, he lost. Now, I'm going to point out, first rule of... of you know, getting caught with something. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Either way, and I, I'm, I'm totally willing to believe, yeah, the drugs weren't mine. I was just muling them for someone, you know? The the coke mules, you know, all of the little condoms full of uh, cocaine and heroin in their stomach aren't theirs. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're not in possession of a fuck ton of drugs. So, yeah, Mr. Guy in, 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 in cell block six, I don't fucking know where he was at. He, you know, it doesn't matter who technically were the official owner of the drugs. You got caught with a balloon full of drugs in your butt. <laughs> Honestly, it's not mine. It doesn't matter. You're the one that had drugs in his ass. It's, you got caught. It's your drugs today, man. So you were, it's possession, not ownership. You know, 
carjacker found with the stolen car. It's not mine. Yeah, no shit. That's why you're getting arrested. You are in possession of stolen vehicle, not owner of stolen vehicle. So anyway, I never, that's the fun part of improvising all this shit. Stuff like that just comes to mind. All right. From one dumbass to another, it's time for the jackass of the week. <laughs> all right. So I wasn't even sure if I was going to talk about this. It's, technically, this all happened before last week's show, but I hadn't really read too much about it. Um, and it kind of really took off and became a big thing. But I think by now, most of you may have heard about this YouTube dumbass, uh, Logan Paul, and his little trip to the suicide forest in Japan. Um, this YouTuber, idiot, um, it took his film crew, they're shooting footage for his YouTube channel in Japan, they go into the suicide forest, and oh, this is going to be so cool, and they actually stumbled across a dead body. And it's like, there's a guy hanging fucking dead in the forest, known as the suicide forest, dumbasses, and rather than stop filming, you know, like a decent human being would, they kept filming and commenting, and it turned into a 15-minute video after editing, by the way, um, uh, and they, they just made it into another fucking thing for their channel. I was like, seriously, guys? They even like ask for likes and and sub like oh click to subscribe and, and like and and all this and they do all that bullshit at the end and even though they're like like oh you know this is serious we're not joking around you know and but they're also like oh this is a first for for YouTube or any it was like the it you're trying to market this video of you found a dead body stop fucking filming. Or if you're going to keep filming to document, oh shit, we found this body, here's what's going on, they don't fucking release it to the fucking internet, you dumb fuck. Turn it over to the authorities. Like, if, if you keep filming, and that's a big fucking if, you shouldn't keep filming, but if you're going to keep filming, use it to document everything that you see and around and whatever, so that you can turn that over to the authorities and say, here's, we were shooting a video, here's what we got, we found this guy. You know, here you go. This is, we didn't do it. We had, and also, that kind of exonerates you because you're just found with a dead body. Just saying. And so, yeah. And, and, I mean, yeah, he took the video down. He took the video down after a bunch of people fucking came down on him. Like, this is seriously fucked up. Seriously, you're going to sit there and, and use a dead person and a suicide to, to, further your channel and get more views and shit on your fucking YouTube channel. That's fucked up, dude. You're a sick fuck. You're a piece of shit. And there was a whole lot of people just basically calling him a piece of shit like me. And, and like uh, bizarre States and Bowser on bizarre States just went into him. He laid into him hard because he's kind of like me in that. I think this whole like YouTube vlogger dumbasses doing stupid shit on, on video to get views is utterly ridiculous. The only thing I see in all of that is these dumbasses doing stupid shit to get famous <clears throat> gives me material to talk about. Like, hey, look, another dumb fucker on YouTube. 
So he went out. He actually, you know, issued an apology and took the videos down. And he was like, you know, it was really bad. And, you know, I didn't realize how, you know, people were going to react to this. And I think I shouldn't have even released the video. And I was like, dude. And, but what's worse, and a lot of people caught on to very quickly, there were ads in the video. Like the apology. So he was, he was making money. Like the millions of people who watched his apology videos, he made money from that. He didn't make money from the actual, the original, the dead guy video, but he made money from his apology. Like, seriously? This entire thing, it's like, you need to knock the shit off because you are such a fucking moron. And again, I hate these like vlogger wannabe and like, you know what? Jackass was a thing. For a reason. These were all guys who had some sort of... Yeah, they weren't like professional stuntmen and shit. But they had, you know, safety crews and shit. Like, these are just a bunch of dumb kids doing stupid shit. And I realize he's like 20-something, but he's a fucking kid. He's a bunch of dumb kids doing stupid shit on the internet to get famous. Because they figure, if I can go viral, I can get internet famous doing stupid shit. I'm going to play pranks. I'm going to set my pool on fire. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking jump over my neighbor's wall when a motorcycle and crash through his gazebo. I'm, I'm going to shoot my boyfriend with a fucking desert eagle from one foot away because a phone book's going to stop the bullet because I'm a dumb bitch. Yeah, that happened. Um, you know, these people that think they're so fucking, that they just want to get internet famous. And make millions of dollars because they're going to go viral and be internet famous. And like, no, 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 you're a fucking moron. And Logan Paul and his fucking brother does the same shit. Him and his brother were getting sued and, and all, and over being fucking racist shit and over fucking like neighborhood complaining about all of the shit they do. And like, why are you blowing shit up in your yard? And, you know, launching motorcycles into your pool and all this bullshit you know like eventually you got to reassess your priority are you a decent human being apparently not that is that is ultimately the problem it's like you're you're trading fame and money and like and it's, it's like oh is it you know is it worth all the money and the fame knowing you're a shitty human being that you are a shit example of a human being. That's just it. No, sorry. That's why I don't. I don't watch these videos. I ha- I'm I'm literally I go off of like secondhand accounts from news articles from other podcasters who did watch these things because I'm not about to give these assholes my time and like I'm not about to click on their fucking channel, click on their fucking video so they can make money from stupidity. I don't encourage stupidity. That's why I have an entire segment of the show dedicated to mocking stupidity. Especially this one. But yeah, this guy is just... is like PewDiePie. It's so many of these other fucking people that do so much stupid shit to get famous. It's stupid. Fuck, I hate that shit. Blah. YouTube for me is for movie trailers. About it. (laughs) <laughs> that's almost all I use YouTube for. But all that aside, uh, Logan Paul can eat a dick. 
and I hope and, and the the YouTube and they've said they're gonna they're investigating shit, but I hope YouTube really fucking comes down on him and does something so that these fucking people and all these dumbasses doing stupid shit on fucking YouTube because they get fucking internet famous. I hope that they learn something. I hope that you know Google and YouTube get fucking shit together because it is Google owns YouTube. I hope they get all their shit together and and do something that will actually teach these people some responsibility and teach them that, no, you can't just be a dumbass because that is what they're they're encouraging. Huh. All right. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stop bitching because I've been nagging about this motherfucker for way longer than he deserves from me to talk about him. So, Logan Paul and your fucking whole YouTube channel, y'all are a bunch of jackasses. All right. After all of that crap, I think I'm gonna take one more quick Potter and Family promo break. And I will be right back with this week's recommended listening feature, Twisted Philly. Hi, this is Emily Prokop from The Story Behind, which is a podcast about the extraordinary history behind the ordinary. What does that mean? It means whenever my ADHD gets the best of me, I begin to wonder the stories behind everyday objects. This is the story behind sporks, behind chewing gum, behind hoodies, places, this is the story behind Mount Rushmore. This is the story behind speakeasies or people. This is the story behind Uncle Sam. This is the story behind Betty White. Everything has a backstory. And from what I've noticed from doing the show, not everything is as plain and simple as history books may have you believe. Join me Mondays and Thursdays on your favorite podcast app or at the storybehindpodcast.com. And thanks for listening. Hey everyone, I am Mike Jolitz from the Mike Jolitz Show, available on Spreaker.com and iTunes soon, I hope. I do a show where I mention some news items, celebrity stuff, stupid criminals, and just silly things I read on the interweb. Proud member of the Potter and Family. Recommended listening. What up? This is Dina Marie, the host of the Twisted Philly podcast. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. True crime, haunted history, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome, Welcome to, to Twisted, Twisted Philly. Philly. You don't have to be from Philadelphia or Pennsylvania for that matter to get into this show. You just need to like some seriously weird, twisted shit. Plus, listening to me gush about the places I love to go, the history I love to tell, and the really sick, twisted crimes we've had going on here since back in the Victorian era. So come sit a spell with me in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. You can find me on iTunes and all the other major podcast apps. So, Twisted Philly... Is something that I've gotten into more recently, but I've known about it for a long time. I've heard 
I mean, I've heard Dana Marie pop up on the Epic Film Guys. I've her name is flies all over within the Potter and Family group, and in especially in the podcast we listen to uh, Facebook group. She's actually one of the the admins there, um, and she's actually also one of the co-founders organizers of uh, the Potter and Love Convention. Uh, it's going to be in August, I believe, in New Orleans, which is going to be this big uh, podcast kind of fan sort of event. Very much like it's whereas you've got the podcast we listen to group. You've got the podcast we listen to podcast. And this is basically like the convention for of the same thing. It's all it's really a listener sort of thing. And there's going to be a lot of seriously, a lot of the guests that are going to be at this event are previous features from mine include but i'm not talking about it right now let's let's get back to dina and twisted philly so i think dina marie probably has the best promo ever when it comes to describing her show mine sucks hers is great because i mean for once first off it's literally just what her itunes description is but with you know awesome voiceover man but that's really it and it's it's it's, I think a lot of people might classify Twisted Philly in the realm of true crime, but that's just much like when I talked about Southern Grimoire, it's a very similar thing. It's not just about that. It's just that in the category of you know, the show, here's what the show is about. Well, one of those elements is kind of true crime. It's just part of the history of the thing. And she talks about the history and the stories and the lore and the the festivities and the locations of all around Philly and Philadelphia and the, the greater Pennsylvania area. And even there was uh, one particular case and I'm, I'm blanking. I think it was one of the Thanksgiving or yeah, I think it was around Thanksgiving time where it was this, un, this it was kind of one of those true crime sort of stories and these murders and stuff. But it was like one of those cases where the the story had a, a minor, minor tangential link to Philadelphia in the area. Like they'd lived there, so it was from there, but it was a lot of like a murder in LA, but the people had ties to Philly kind of thing. But it 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 but it all kind of plays up. But it's one of those things where <clears throat> if it's about Philly in the in a very general sense in Philly and and she gets into the the different areas and the parts of town and I really need to go back and listen back to earlier like probably I need to go back to the beginning but she's got a lot of material up to at this point but I need to go back so I can learn the geography of Philadelphia because she will talk about this area and that area and because I'm blanking right now all of these little details but she'll describe an area and at this point if you've been listening to the show long enough you probably have a map of philadelphia in your head but i'm I'm starting to learn but uh, like the different areas and the different the the lingo and the slang and uh, but you're you're almost getting a guided tour of different parts of philly in in every episode for like a different section it's like every day you get up and you you know put on your headphones and you get your guided tour of philly courtesy of dana marie and one day it may be talking about you know a couple of murders that happened on thanksgiving or it may be about 
the mummer and i like the mummers parade which and she points out it's like if you're not from philly you probably have no clue what mummers are and what a mummers parade is but here's this thing and here's what it's about and here's what goes on and here's all the history and here's the fucked up history of it and here's the fucked up um not really history like maybe two years ago shit that just happened and i like that episode because that one also had uh, jeremy from podcast we listened to on it and we're kind of comparing it to new orleans and mardi gras as he's originally from new orleans i think it's why they're doing the the potter and love convention in new orleans probably there's a lot of people that are down for going to new orleans i guess but anyway it's been it, it's been cool listening to it and i liked that episode because the the way they were describing people and the way the 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 interactions and the comparisons and and whatnot it was was really funny but it's it's a like overall the show is it's it's really raw and i mean that in that obviously there's a lot of scripting that goes on i mean when you're telling especially in like true crime and history sort of stuff you have to have a script you can't bullshit like i do it's but in that there's so much emotion that comes through and i mean it's both in like talking about somebody being like savagely murdered and she doesn't shy away from the details she'll warn you this shit's gonna get ugly but she doesn't shy away from the details you know if somebody's head got smashed in with an axe she'll tell you about it she'll warn you but she'll tell you and you can hear it in her voice when she's fighting back tears over some of the those sort of stories and some of those things that happen. And yeah, a lot of it does turn in. You do get a lot of those true crime and those murders and those really fucked up stories. But you also get history and you also get, you know, hey, here's my favorite places to go at, at Christmas time, which is really cool. And the, the fact that she did that same sort of thing two years in a row and had new list of new things to do and places to go like hey it's like i said it's like a a, a weird twisted twisted philly is the best name you could possibly give this show really uh, but it, it's it's a twisted guided tour of all of the parts of of philadelphia and it's it's really cool and i'm 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 kind of disappointed in myself for having not started listening to it earlier but at the same time, and again, I go back to Southern Grimoire where it's, I thought it was one thing on the face. And then I, I started, I was like, you know what, fuck, I'm just going to go ahead and listen to it. And it may have even been after I heard, because like I said, I've heard Dina Marie interviewed on multiple shows. I think it was after I heard her on podcast we listened to. I was like, and that show has seriously become like my go-to. I've listened to those interviews and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll listen to this show seriously but i i it was after that that i was like you know what i'll go ahead and give this a listen because this definitely does not sound like what i thought it was and i'm i'm digging it and i've it's it it's both interesting and historical and educational and emotional and again you you know you it's funny hearing her you know there's i like i think in the description is like there's an explicit tag for a reason sometimes she cusses sometimes she calls uh mass murdering fuckheads mass murdering fuckheads sometimes she'll call you know a a you know guy who you know carjacker a dumb shit 
Something like that. Why? Because he's a dumb shit. Same as I would do. And I think that's why I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate Dina's uh, uh, descriptiveness. I like, like the way she describes stupidity is just it, it warms my heart because it's exactly the way I would describe these people if I were in her position. And I probably would find myself just as choked up trying to fight back crying, you know, talking about a girl, a little girl getting murdered. And that's that's what I really like about this show. It's it's honest and raw while telling you all of this crazy history and all this about Philly. And because Philadelphia is a fucking old city, there's a lot of history. And there's a lot of everything to talk about. I she God, she could do this show for 20 years and not run out of shit to talk about. So absolutely, definitely I'm probably preaching to the choir here. You've probably heard of the show. Never mind that I've run the promos before, but it's absolutely worth checking out. You should definitely give it a listen. Uh, Twisted Philly at uh, twistedphilly.com. And just give it, fuck, it's a good show. <laughs> and I said, it's, it's, it's basically the closest thing to a straight true crime show I'll listen to. And it's all, it's all about her and her delivery. It really is. Because, yeah, I'm not a fan of true crime stuff usually. And yes, I realize I've featured uh, Serial and S-Town, but mostly I listened to those on account of they were so damn popular, I gotta check them out. And yeah, they weren't terrible. But I, I don't, I look at those as more like limited journalistic things. Those were news stories, not so much a true crime thing. But yeah, absolutely. Definitely check out Twisted Philly. And I, I'm trying to get my wife to check it out for the history. My wife is a history nut. And so I'm really trying to get her. I told her, I was like, you need to check out this show because it's loaded with history. And like some of it's pretty jacked up, but it's so full of history and information. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, it's a it's a lot to take in. It is. It's all over the place. So, all right, all right, rambling, rambling, because that's what I do. And again, another case of female fronted show. I I talk a lot more. What can I do? I give a lot of appreciation to the ladies. All right, <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for me for this week. Remember, you can get the links to all of those weird-ass news stories and all of my recommended listening features, including Twisted Philly, at odddadout.blogspot.com. And I'm still asking, I'm still looking for those uh, recommended listening features from you. Send those to me. Hit me up on Facebook or Twitter at odddadout or email them to me. I'd love you to email me your features odddadout at gmail.com and if you dig the show which you must if you've made it this far tell a friend (laughs) because there's nothing better you could do for me than to share this insanity with your loved ones (laughs) or maybe your not so loved ones I don't know how you look at that but once again thank you so much for listening and checking me out And until next week, I am still the odd dad out. Thank you and good night.